Hi, Mama. Welcome to Ministry and Motherhood. This is your host, coach, and mentor, Lauren Apple. Here at Ministry and Motherhood, we want to see you step fully into your God-given ministry impact at home and in the marketplace. So let's get moving. Hey, friends. Today we are talking about misconceptions about obedience, okay? Now, you know, in ministry and motherhood, the whole realm premise, right, of what we're doing is being able to walk in the calling God has for our lives, right? Fulfill the purpose that he has created us for. Walk in your unique giftings to serve the people God has called you to serve in your home and outside your home, okay? So with that comes our natural calling, okay? Not just in ministry motherhood, but as Christian women to be obedient to the voice of the Lord, right? To be obedient to the things God has called us to, whether that is through scripture, through words that God has given us in our hearts and our minds, through dreams and visions that he has placed inside of us and birthed inside of us, walking out obedience day in and day out, okay? It is the foundation and the framework of being able to fulfill your purpose here on earth, being obedient to the Lord, okay? I don't know if I could say it any other way, but being obedient to the Lord, okay? So I want us to really dive deep into what does obedience mean and what does it not mean, okay? I have walked alongside many, many ladies as they have been following the calling God has on their life. And there are three reoccurring misconceptions that I have seen over and over when it comes to the idea of obedience, Three main misconceptions that I want to talk to all of you about today. And the first is this. In order to be obedient to God, you need clear instructions from the Lord. Okay? In order to be obedient to God, you need clear instructions from Him. Okay? That is a misconception. That is not true. That is a lie. Okay? God does not always work in giving us a 12-step plan or program, or detailed instruction booklet, okay, like you get from Ikea when you're putting together your crazy furniture, okay, he doesn't give us these booklets that tell us exactly when to do this, and when, what is the next step, and what does that look like, and what materials do you need in order to accomplish that next step so that you get to the completed project. No, God asks us to start taking obedience at the very beginning of the thought, of the purpose he's put inside of us, right? The very beginning of the calling or the inkling of what he's put inside of us or where he's calling us to step out. And sometimes that obedience is something as simple as reading the word, praying to God, start taking action, okay? Now, when I was in college, I really struggled with this. I went to North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota to all my ladies in the Midwest. I hope that you aren't having a brutal winter right now as I am sitting in sunny South Carolina and it is close to 60 degrees today and beautiful, but not to make you envious or anything. But anyways, I grew up in the Midwest, okay? I went to college in Minneapolis. We had some very brutal winters. Um, But I went to a Bible college and we had like prayer rooms on our floors and we had chapel every day uh, during the week and were involved in church ministry even in the college, but also outside in local churches. And so I spent a lot of time praying and seeking the Lord and asking God what he was calling me to. 
And it became a reoccurring theme in my life where I just felt like I was in a waiting season if I didn't have a clear picture of what God had for me. And there was a time in my life where I, a season when I was at college, that I prayed and fasted, literally would spend hours in the prayer room, hours after chapel, just like laying prostrate on the floor, praying um, in the chapel after everybody else had left, asking God to show up and speak to me because I felt like I was having this block. I felt like I wasn't hearing his voice. I felt like I was unsure of what the next steps God had for me were. And one day, I was walking from one building of the campus to another, and because we were in the Midwest and super cold, freezing weathers, we had skyways that connected the majority of our buildings in our college campus. It was a very small college, about 1,500 students that attended it at the time. And so I was walking through a skyway, and I happened to peer down and look out on the road below the skyway. And while I was doing that, I saw this person waiting to cross the road, um, and there was a car coming. But the car was coming far off in the distance. But from my perspective, what I was seeing in the skyway, I could tell that that car far off in the distance was going very slow, that this person had ample, even more than ample opportunity and time to cross the road without having to rush or run or anything. But from their sight, I could only assume, right, because I wasn't talking to them, but I could only assume because I've been there before, was that they thought maybe that car was coming quicker than it did. And so they were just waiting, just standing there and waiting. And in that moment, the Lord spoke so clearly to me and was like, Lauren, this is what I see. I have this perspective that is above looking down on what is happening in your life. And I can see the distance that you have to go. I can see the distance of the the crossroads of things that are coming and going to enter into your life. I know the timeline. I know how long it's going to take. I know the situation. I know everything you need to walk through and every circumstance. And I have this overview image of what that looks like. And so you have to trust me to know that if I have not given you the clear picture that I see, that you need to just continue walking, continue trusting and having faith that I'm going to carry you through and continue in the steps that you've already been in. Like that person that was waiting. If they just continued to walk across the road, they would recognize that that car was not moving at the speed they thought they were, right? And they could recognize that they didn't have to even run at that point. But if it was moving quicker, they could run and make it across, right? But they could see God knew from above that there was no harm in front of them, that they should just keep walking on their path, going on their journey that God has for them. And God told me, Lauren, you just need to continue on your journey unless I close a door, unless my voice comes out audibly and I speak to you in a powerful way, which I will because I'm faithful. Just continue in the journey I have you in, in the steps that I've put in front of you, and the things that you are already doing, and continue to be obedient and consistent in them. Trusting that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you that can speak to you and make it known to you if you need to change directions, or if you need to turn, or if you need to stop and wait trust in me, okay? And God loves to speak to me in pictures because that's how I really connect to things and it becomes more prevalent in my life when I do that. But that was a picture and a moment that he gave me and he taught me a very important lesson, the lesson of not waiting when I'm unsure, 
not waiting when I don't hear the voice of the Lord, but continuing to move forward, continuing to move on that path and that journey that God had me on the last time I heard his voice, the last time I got direction from him, the last time he gave me instructions, the last time he called me to do something. I need to continue to be faithful and disciplined and persevere in that until he gives me something new, right? Until he opens up his mouth again, until his Holy Spirit makes it clear to me that I need to move forward. And so the number one misconception about obedience is that you need to have an instruction manual or a clear direction from the Lord in order to be obedient. No, if God gave you direction two years ago and you feel like you haven't heard anything from him, go back to that direction that you got two years ago and continue to be obedient in it, right? Continue to be obedient in it. Number two, the second misconception I hear about obedience over and over and over again is that, well, I am going to be obedient, but I'm just not ready yet or I'm not sure. Okay, so let me tell you this. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Mamas, can I get an amen? When your kids delay being obedient to you, it is disobedience, right? It's frustrating when you have to repeat something over and over and over again to get them to obey. It makes everything inside of you cringe, right? And tighten up and it makes your patience run a little bit short, right? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Maybe you'll obey eventually, but you're not obeying when God tells you to obey. The first time you hear from the Lord, you need to obey his voice and you need to obey his direction. Okay? Catch this. When we delay, the enemy plays. Let me say it again. When we delay, the enemy plays. When we delay, when we hesitate, when we doubt, when we hold back on being obedient immediately to the Lord. That is when the devil begins to get a little voice in our ear or a little distraction over here or move our focus off of where we need to be focused or begin to speak lies in our heart and in our mind that tell us that, oh man, we don't need to obey because it's never going to happen for us. God is not going to fulfill that through us because we're not good enough. Or we're not value enough, okay? When we delay, we give room for the enemy to grab a hold of our hearts, our minds, our situation, and our circumstance and take us off track of where God wants us to be. When God tells you to do something, do not hesitate. Do not delay. Go forth in obedience in whatever way you can immediately. You know, I think of the story of Abraham and Isaac, okay? This is a story you think about probably all the time when you think about sacrifice, when you think about being obedient to the Lord. You think about Abraham and praying for so long for a a kid, right? Praying so long to be able to to leave his legacy with a child. And it it didn't happen until he was really old, right? And God finally fulfilled this miracle through Sarah and Abraham and gave them Isaac, right? But then all of a sudden in the Bible, in Genesis, you see that God is calling Abraham to take Isaac and sacrifice him at the altar. And you know, if you were me in this situation, I would be thinking, but God... You told me that all of these things were going to be fulfilled through my generations, right? Through the people that I gave birth to, through my sons, that you were going to increase all of these things, that you were going to change the world through my generations, that you were going to give blessings, and I was going to be able to be the father of all of these things, right? 
But here you are asking me to give up that very thing that you're telling me is the promise you have for me. And yet, what does Abraham do when he gets this this word from the Lord that says, I want you to go take Isaac out to the altar and sacrifice him? It says in the very next scripture that he woke up very early that next morning without delay, (laughs) without disobedience, without hesitation, without doubt, and he walked out with Isaac to go sacrifice him at the altar. And the thing that is so beautiful about this is not only does Abraham not question the Lord, not only does Abraham not doubt or hesitate or stand back or even go and talk to Sarah about it. Now, if you were that wife, you'd be a struggle with that, right? (laughs) That he's going to go take your son and sacrifice him without even talking to you about it. But He just was so obedient to the Lord and so trusting of the Lord that he just went out. And scholars actually say that Abraham wasn't what, or Isaac wasn't what a lot of us picture as this young boy. You know, when I read that story, when I've thought about that story for years, I've always pictured him as maybe like five or six or seven years old, right? He understands what's happening, but he doesn't quite understand. He's still a little boy. And man, does that break my heart when I think about the thought of sacrificing one of my kids. But Scholars actually say that he was probably in his 20s, his early 20s, okay? And here is Abraham, super old, right? He conceived Isaac when he was 99 years old, right? And so he is probably 120 or so. Um, Even if he was in his teen years, Abraham is not going to be the strong person that can hold down Isaac and force this upon him, right? Force him getting put on the altar with all the wood tied to him, right? No, Isaac, because of his father's faith, because of his father's obedience, because of his father's belief to just trust and follow God, Isaac didn't fight back. Isaac sat there and he was ready and willing to take whatever his father was doing because he had such trust in his father, because his father had such trust in the Lord. And you have to believe that Abraham believed if he walked out in obedience, that God was going to provide another way, right? That he was going to create another situation to be able to bring good from this, to be able to accomplish the promises that he had given Abraham for so long. And that story is such an encouragement to remember that if we are willing to have the faith that requires us to be obedient as soon as we hear God's voice, to not question, to not mull about it, to not um, think about all of the outcomes and options that you have, to not think about maybe there's a way that I can kind of be obedient but still kind of have control here. No, to just wake up early the next morning after the Lord spoke to you and walk out in obedience to what he's called you to do, no matter the sacrifice, no matter how illogical it seems, no matter the circumstances surrounding it, no matter what the rest of the world says, okay, no matter what you think is the good or the great option out of it, being obedient to the Lord, when you are willing to do that and you have that faith, that is a faith and an obedience and a characteristic that carries on to generations to legacies. And I don't know about you, mama, but I want my kids to have such a faith that they are willing to trust me because my trust is in the Lord. They are willing to walk out whatever I say needs to happen because my trust is in the Lord. And you'll see later on in Isaac's life and and throughout Genesis, after Abraham is gone, the blessings and the favor that he is bestowed upon him from the Lord simply because of his father's faith. 
That's the kind of faith I need to have. And when you have that kind of faith, it is easy for you not to delay in obedience. It is easy for you to have immediate steps of obedience towards what the Lord has called you to, no matter what it is. And so our obedience needs to be something that is immediate. It needs to be something that is without hesitation. It needs to be something that is all-encompassing trust and faith in the Lord's plan. How can you get that kind of obedience? Continue to walk out in the little things. And as God gives you the big things, you can walk further and further, okay? I'm getting off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but okay. So misconceptions about obedience. Number one is you don't need clear instructions to be obedient to the Lord. Number two, delayed obedience is still disobedience. You need to obey immediately without hesitation with full surrender and trust in the Lord. And the third thing about obedience that I hear over and over again is, okay, God spoke to me and I am just going to be obedient. I said yes in my mind. But obedience, every level of obedience requires action. Every level of obedience requires action. Obedience requires action. Can I say it again? Obedience requires action. If you are going to be obedient to what the Lord is speaking to you, it's not just in your heart. It's not just even in your words, even though words is an action and we're going to get to that. But it requires you to take an action, to take a step of faith, okay? Number one, that looks like your words, okay? It looks like proclaiming and declaring what you're going to be obedient to. God asks you to sacrifice and give up something. How much easier is it to sacrifice and give up something if you tell someone else to hold you accountable, right? Or you tell somebody else so you know that they're going to recognize if you didn't give it up when you said you were going to give it up, right? Than if you were to keep it to yourself. The enemy loves us to keep these things to ourselves. When God asks us to repent You have way more freedom when you repent out loud with your mouth, when you tell somebody else that repentance, right? When you confess that sin to somebody else, there is way more freedom. But the enemy loves to play tricks with you when you keep it to yourself because it's secretive. And the things that are secret, the things that are in the dark will stay in the dark unless you allow them to come to light, right? Unless you allow the enemy to bring light to that situation. And so when he's calling you to something, I challenge you to be obedient in your mouth, not just in your mind and your heart, but number one in your mouth, proclaim, declare what it is you're going to be obedient in. Proclaim, declare that dream he's put on your heart. Proclaim, declare that lie that he's dispelling in your life and start to speak out that truth. There is power with our words when we match them with our heart and our spirit. Number two, make a physical representation. Even if God is asking you to do something like surrender something in your life or um, forgive somebody, right? Even if it's something that doesn't have a physical thing tied to it, make it a physical thing. Write it down and burn it. Write it down and throw it in the garbage, right? Write it on a rock and throw it in a, a lake, Make a physical representation. Write it on a piece of paper and surrender it at the altar to the Lord or in your prayer room to the Lord. Write it down on a piece of paper in your journal to let it go. Make a physical representation of it in order to walk out that obedience. 
If we just keep it in our heads and in our hearts, ladies, it's way easier to not continue to walk out in that obedience. It's way easier to lose traction, right? To lose the the desire and the motivation to walk out that obedient action that God is calling you to. Allow, when you have an action tied to your obedience, you're allowing your physical, your carnal body, right? Your natural body to coincide with your spiritual body. You hear about it in the Bible over and over again. God talks about our posturing in the Bible, right? He talks about in worship, when you raise your hands or when you fall on your knees or when you go down in prayer the same way, when you're on your knees, when your head is bowed, when you are laying prostrate on the ground. All of these posturings are talked about in scripture because when we allow our physical body to do something in the physical realm, that is so spiritual, right? We're connecting those two. We're not allowing any gaps to happen. We're saying that our physical body, our natural, our our human carnality is in submission to our spiritual body, right? To our spiritual realm, to the spirit inside of us of what God is doing. And we might feel it so deep in our spirit, but if we are not posturing our physical body in a way of surrender or a way of victory, right? A way of prayer or a way of worship that God is calling us to, then we're only allowing one aspect of who God's created us to be, to be obedient in that moment. And that's our spiritual, not our physical. And let me tell you, and you've probably experienced it if you've ever fasted before, that your physical body speaks out much louder than your spiritual body when you need something, right? It becomes way more urgent in your mind or it seems way more immediate in your physical than it does in your spiritual. So when you do something in the physical realm to walk out that obedience, when you start to take action towards the things God's calling you to, you be obedient to that, you're telling your physical body that its needs and wants are only secondary to the spiritual things that God has called you to, to the spiritual realm that God is calling you to stand in victory in, that God is calling you to stand in surrender in, that God is calling you to pray and worship in. When we posture ourselves in such a way when we take physical steps, okay, when we get out and get moving, when you stand up in prayer or you posture yourself in prayer, you are way more focused in your spirit because you've allowed your physical to posture themselves, right? You've allowed your physical to be in submission to that spiritual work that's happening in your life. And so our obedience requires physical action. God's called you to write a book, Start having obedient action of writing down every day, forming that discipline in your life. Discipline requires our mind, our emotions, our spirit, our physical body in order to be disciplined, right? We have to put all of those things into submission in order to create that discipline in our life. It's not just one aspect, right? So don't just come up with the thoughts in your head, but write them down on paper. God is calling you to share your testimony Start sharing your testimony in conversations with people, on Facebook, in a blog, in writing, okay, in a journal. Start taking obedient action, even if you're unclear and you don't have complete direction on what does that look like specifically, Lord. What does that look like specifically, Lord, okay? Obedience requires action. We discussed three different things that are misconceptions in obedience, but here's the deal. 
God is calling you to be obedient in something. And there are probably many of you ladies right now listening to this that you know what God has been calling you to be obedient in. And you know, you might even know what that looks like physically, what you should start doing, even if you aren't completely clear on the big picture. And you have been hesitating. You've been holding back. You've been waiting for a clearer picture. You have been saying in your heart and your mind that you're being obedient, but you aren't being obedient with your physical body. You're not posturing yourself or surrendering or stepping out in that obedience. God is telling you right now, do not delay any longer. Because when you delay, the enemy plays. Do not delay any longer. Do not allow the enemy to have a stronghold over this part of your life. Start taking action today. Start doing something. Start getting out there. Start making a difference. Start making an impact. Start sharing the message God has put on your heart. Start helping people in the way that God has called you to serve people. Do something just now today. Just start doing something and start doing it every day. Consistent Obedient action is what's going to bring you to the fulfillment of the ministry impact and purpose you have here on earth, even if you're unsure of that next step, even if you're unclear on what that looks like. And I want to tell you, ladies, when you start to do that, it becomes easier and God's going to call you to bigger steps of obedience because those little steps become easier and those might be big leaps. They might be harder things to do, but as you do it, God's going to continue to open up doors and he's going to continue to give you blessing and favor. So trust him in it. Walk out in it, okay? Don't delay. And if you are here and you're unsure of, hey, God has given me a calling, he's given me dreams, he's called me to things, but I'm not exactly sure what the next step should be for me. I'm not exactly sure on what my daily consistent action should be in order to be obedient to this. That is one of my favorite things I love to help people with outside of clarifying what their mission is. I love to help them find strategy of the next one to three steps that they can start taking to be able to gain traction on their God dreams and their purpose here on life in their home and outside their home to have that ministry impact. And so if that's you, I would love for you to set up a completely free strategy session with me that you can sign up. I'll give you the link to my calendar in the show notes. Just click on the show notes below. That's going to give you the description of the show, but there'll also be a link where you can get on my calendar and you can sign up for a free strategy session that after the 60 minutes with me, you will walk away with one to three clear next steps to take in order to walk out that obedience to the calling God has for you in your home and outside your home. I love you ladies. I'm praying for you. I hope that you are encouraged to step forth in obedience in all aspects of your life without delay, even with unclear instructions. Go after it. God has so much in store for you. Thanks for listening to Ministry and Motherhood. We're praying that today was an encouragement to you, but more than that, inspiration to just start taking action. Want to learn more? Join our Facebook group called Ministry and Motherhood or check us out online at laurenapple.org.